Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy Nightmare K Hawk back at it again with another podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It is April 3rd, 2023. That's right, folks. It is April. Crazy, crazy stuff on uh what was it? What was it Friday? No. Saturday, folks. Not even Saturday. Yeah, Saturday, April 1st. It's pretty crazy. You know, all the jokes that were going on, all the things that were happening in crypto. All the mysterious pranks everybody was playing was unfreaking believable, man. But it was awesome as well. Hope everybody had a great weekend, folks. It is now Monday, April 3rd. It's going to be a busy week for me. So hopefully on Saturday, I do have an interview with uh, Amazon to get my drug screen and things like that. So hopefully everything comes through well so I can go to that and definitely get this job. And start on day one, which will be on April 17th, folks. So, yeah, it's your boy Nightmare K-Hawk's back for, with a job, which is great. Ready to get back to work. Ready to start making money, paying the bills and everything like that. Pulling my rate or weight around here. Because uh, sitting at home, folks, and not doing anything is boring as fuck. Trust me, it is absolutely the most boringest thing you can do. But anyway, folks, let's get into the crypto charts. So we got Bitcoin, $27,655.22. We have Ethereum at $1,775.55. We have Tether at $1. BNB at $309.69. We have USD coin at $0.99. We have XRP at $0.51. Cardano's at $0.37. We have Dogecoin at $0.07. Polygons at $1.08. We have Solana at number 10 at $20.05. We have Binance USD at $0.99. We have Polkadot at $6.18. Litecoins at $91.05. Shiba Inu at $10.69 million and one penny. We have Tron at number 15 at $0.06. Avalanche at $16.93. We have Dai at number 17 at $0.99. RapBTC is at Number 18 at $27,747.93. We have Chainlink, $7.15. We have Uniswap at $5.89. We have Leo at $3.41. We have Cosmos at $10.94. Monero is at number 23 at $158.96. Stellar's at number 10. I mean, not number 10. Stellar XLM is at $0.10 at number 24 right by XMR. We have... Ethereum Classic at $20.13, TonCoin $2.23, OKB's at $41, we have Bitcoin Cash at $124.63, we have Filecoin, hold on folks, my cursor just went berserk, we have Filecoin at number 29 at $5.46, we have Adara at number at number 30 at $0.07, we have TrueUSD at $0.99, we have Aptos, at let's see, Aptos is eleven dollars and forty-five cents. Number thirty-two, Lido Dow's at two dollars and thirty-four cents. We have Kronos at six cents. We have VeChain at two pennies. Near Protocol at a dollar eighty-nine. At number thirty-six, we have Apecoin at number thirty-seven, four dollars and twenty-five cents. We have QNT one hundred twenty-seven dollars and thirty-seven cents. We have uh. ARB at $1.19, Algorand's at $0.21, cents and number 40, Internet Computer is at 
Jesus Christ has internet computer falling out of the top 20. EOS number 42, $1.19. The Grav is at 13 cents. Phantoms at 43 cents. Stacks is at 88 cents, which is a Bitcoin freaking protocol, by the way, folks. If you haven't read about Stacks, definitely look at it. It's pretty freaking amazing. The Central Land, 40. Number 46 at 58 cents. We have ByteDAO at 51 cents. We have Data Network number 48 at a dollar and six cents. Tezos a dollar ten. Ave is at number 50 at 72 dollars and 14 cents. We have Multiverse X at 40 dollars and 30 cents. We have Flow 96 cents. Conflex 35 cents. Axie Infinity 8 dollars and 20 cents. And the Sandbox rounds out the top 55 at 60 cents. So there you go, folks. There is your top 55 cryptos. We have over 23,131 cryptos, 590 exchanges. We have BTC's dominance at 46.2%. Ethereum's at 18.5%. Ethereum's gas fees at 16 Goya. So not too bad if you want to mint an NFT or do something on, on the Ethereum blockchain at the moment. Alright folks, we're going to kick it off with Ethereum news. So Ethereum price analysis, Ethereum declines to $1,814 at the bearish momentum. So the Ethereum price analysis dictating a sudden decrease in price after an already rising bearish trend. The bearish momentum that is increasingly likely to be seen in the near future as the bulls remain sluggish at this point. The bulls were currently in control of the market a few hours before the price dropped in today's trading. If the bears keep up their momentum, then ETH slash USD can go down to $1,812 in the near future. However, if the bulls can put up enough pressure, ETH slash USD can probably go to $1,840 in the near term. The ETH token is down by 0.34% and currently trades at $1,814 at the time of writing. The 24-hour trading volume is also on the decrease at the moment and is currently at $6,025 billion. While the market cap is currently at 20, $218 billion with a loss of 0.25%. ETH slash USD one day price chart bears activities at $1,814 at ETH level shrink further. The 24-hour ETH price analysis is dictating a bearish activity in the market as the price declined further. The bulls and bears are struggling to take care of the market and it is difficult to predict which way the market will move. But currently, the bearish momentum is more dominant as the bulls have completely lost their grip on the market and it's unlikely they will be able to regain their strength anytime soon. The moving average value is going $1,775, which is still above the SMA 50 curve. This is going, this is giving hope to the buyers, although the volatility is decreasing, which is giving an opposite signal as per the Ethereum price analysis. The Bollinger Bands are diverging with the upper Bollinger Band present at $1,853, while the lower Bollinger Band is at $1,660, suggesting that the price will remain range-bound in the near future. The Relative Strength Index RSI is at the level of 58.86, including the ETH slash USD will not reach any extreme levels in the near future. Ethereum price analysis, recent development, and further technical indicators. The four-hour chart for Ethereum price analysis shows that a small overtake has taken place from the bears, which caused quite a damage in today's trading session, intensifying the bearish momentum. The momentum has been 
relatively stronger as the price has dropped drastically. However, support has also appeared as the price has slightly recovered back at $1,812 during the last few hours. Nevertheless, the trending line is going towards the negative side now. The hourly moving average is currently at $1,820 level just near the current market price. The Bollinger Bands are narrowing on the charts as the upper band is at $1,838 while the lower band is at $1,777. The RSI indicator has also lowered after recovering a bit and the indicator is trading at an index of $1,820. Ethereum price analysis conclusion. Overall, the Ethereum price analysis trading at a sideways pattern as the buyers and sellers are still struggling to take control of the market. The trend line is also is I mean, the trend line is going towards the negative side, suggesting that the bears are dominating. The buyers need to gain some strength and push the price back above $1,840 level. While waiting for Ethereum to move further, see our price prediction on XDC, Cordano, and Curve. So, ladies and gentlemen, Ethereum, man, what y'all think, man? Y'all think the bears going to have it or y'all think the bulls are going to have it? I personally think that the bulls are going to end up winning this fight. I mean, the bears are winning right now. I believe they're still winning right now. Let me take a look. Hold on a second. Yeah, it looks like the Bears are winning right now, but I ultimately think the Bulls will win in the end. Um, it's going to be a long fight. It looks like April's not starting off a good uh, thing like I predicted. I thought April would have a very bullish term since there's no Fed meeting this month, but it doesn't look like we're going to have that great April month, folks. So. My prediction possibly could be wrong. We still have about 27 more days to go, but we'll see how this month goes. But right now, I'm looking pretty bad right now. But anyway, folks, never take financial advice from anybody on YouTube or podcast. Always do your own research before investing or putting any money in any cryptocurrency. So always remember that. All right, folks, we're going to move to some Bitcoin news. So top crypto analyst says Bitcoin BTC on the cusp of making history. So popular crypto analyst Rec Capital says that Bitcoin is about to make history with a key breakout to the upside. Rec tells his 341,000 Twitter files that BTC is entering April above a key micro downward resistance, a trend line that has kept Bitcoin bearish since it has hit its all-time high in November 2022. Tomorrow, the BTC monthly candle will have closed above the micro downtrend to confirm a new bull market. BTC is on the very custom making history. Rec also says that BTC broke out exact 396 days before the Bitcoin halving, which is slated for April of next year. The halving is when the amount of newly issued BTC is cut in half. He adds that in 2019, Bitcoin also broke out exact 396 days before the halving of 2020, says Rec. BTC needs to break its micro downtrend around a year before its upcoming halving. This time is no different. A popular analyst said that another factor that favors Bitcoin is the fact that a quarterly bullish engulfing candle just closed for BTC. A bullish engulfing candle is when a green candle completely overlaps a previous red candle on the on both the opening and the closing price. BTC is on the cusp of confirming its first quarterly bullish engulfing candle since early 2020. Historically, quarter bullish engulfing candles have preceded multiple quarters of upside. So, folks, is Bitcoin on the uptrend? Right now, I would say no. But, folks, today, after the first bell rings for the stock market when it opens, 
we may see Bitcoin skyrocket and we also may see a skyrocket at noon today. So we'll see what happens, folks. I mean, I'm very interested to see how Bitcoin's going to play out this whole month. So again, we're three days in, been trading sideways for the past couple of days, but I think that's going to turn around here very, very soon. Um, I really think Bitcoin is going to start moving up and I could see us hitting about 30, 34,000. You know, that would be great for me. I'm still going to be taking my checks in Bitcoin. I'm going to be stacking Bitcoin as well because eventually, folks, all my altcoins are going into Bitcoin, even Ethereum. I'm going to move Ethereum into Bitcoin. Uh, I'm going to go 100% Bitcoin. I actually tweeted about that earlier um, that I'm going to do that and I will be 100% behind Bitcoin going forward uh, sooner than later. Um, it's just that a lot of the alts right now, I'm starting to see consolidation and I think a lot of these alts are going to go to zero. As I predicted, like I said, there will only be a handful left um, when this is all said and done. And by that time, I think it will be by 2040. And I think by 2030, 2032, I think Bitcoin will be a million dollars. And I'm still sticking with that prediction, folks. But moving on, we got some altcoin news. And this has involved Dogecoin. So it's Burger King. That's right, folks. The food chain, Burger King, interested in Doge. So Burger King United Kingdom once again made mention of Doge in its recent tweet, much to the delight of the Dogecoin community. The fast food global chain tweeted, trying to convince my manager to let me have an, an office Doge. Trying to convince my manager to let me have an office Doge. One user asked when Burger King would start accepting Doge for its meals. In response to this tweet that many people perceive as showing interest in Dogecoin, other users posted memes related to Dogecoin in Twitter comments. It should be recalled that earlier this week, the UK restaurant global fast food giant Burger King made a rather unusual request in reacting to a crypto user's tweet, We Need Doge. Notably, Burger King UK, recent Doge-related conversation has generated much excitement having, having piqued the interest of Dogecoin fans, I mean Dogecoin fans who want the fast food company to accept the, their preferred cryptocurrency. Is Burger King interested in Dogecoin? Burger King Brazil announced Dogecoin payments in 2021 for its, uh, what is that, dog, doggy dog snack. The restaurant also aired an ad to advertise the product throughout the nation, further bringing Dogecoin in the limelight. In, the, in November of the year, of that year. In November of that year, the Burger King and Robinhood teamed up for a crypto giveaway of 20 Bitcoin, 200 ETH, and 2 million Dogecoin to U.S. customers. Whether Burger King will allow customers to purchase meals at its restaurant using Dogecoin remains unknown. At this time of writing, Dogecoin was up 2.26% in the last 24 hours, trading at 0.076. So, folks, I don't know what to make of this story. I mean, I'm super excited if it does happen. I mean, I like Doge. You guys know that. I've talked about Doge on numerous occasions. Like I said, I think Doge could uh, replace the fiat system that we have currently. Um, it would be interesting to see governments actually try to fund wars with Dogecoin because everybody in their mama can see where their tax dollars are going because it's a public blockchain, which would be absolutely hilarious to see. But yeah, I think, uh, like I said, we're going to keep an eye on this story, folks. I hope that in the future that Burger King, the United Kingdom... Brazil, and even in the United States, you know, all over the world that they start taking Doge as payment for burgers and french fries and their meals and stuff because 
I mean, I don't know about you guys. I like their Whopper. I love their Impossible Whopper. I think it's very, very yummy. Um, very tasty as well. Um, but yeah, uh, fast food is very dangerous. Obviously, we know that. But I'm just saying, as far as for Doge being used in the real world, I would love to see Doge going use that Burger King or McDonald's for that matter. Would be awesome. Alright folks, let's get into some gaming news. So we got Amazon Luna. Cloud gaming service comes to the UK at last. I didn't even know Amazon had a cloud gaming service until I read this story. So Amazon has finally launched its cloud gaming platform outside the US. Amazon Luna is now in the UK, Germany, and Canada too. With the service and dedicated controller becoming available. Amazon Luna is the retail answer to cloud gaming with Xbox Game Pass. Uh... NVIDIA GeForce Now and the now the functional Google Stadia. It allows users to play games across multiple devices by streaming video of live gameplay over the internet from a remote server with the controller movements heading the other way. What does Amazon Luna offer in the UK and how much is it? Amazon Prime members get a rotating selection of games to play as part of their existing subscription at no extra cost. You just need to sign into the service now and away you go. Alternatively, a large selection of games are available to play as part of the Luna Plus subscription. This costs £8.99 per month in the United Kingdom. It includes titles across a healthy number of different genres, action, adventure, and classic games included. In addition, a separate subscription to Ubisoft Plus multi-access gives access to a vast library of Ubisoft games for £14.99 per month. This includes the likes of Assassin's Creed, Watch Dogs, the Tom Clancy games, and Far Cry Shooter. Finally, a Jackbox game subscription offers the off-the-wall party game studio mini titles for £3.99 per month. The Amazon Luna Controller, as well as the service itself, you can purchase the Amazon Luna Controller for £59.99 as, as with the Stadia Controller. It connects directly to your home network when indoors to reduce the latency control codes are therefore sent directly to the servers to the ser servers via your router than that having to travel through a streaming device instead it does also feature bluetooth connectivity if you want to hook it up to a phone or a tablet alternatively you can play luna games using your smartphone the luna phone control app for ios and android will give you touch controls to play games on a Fire TV streaming device or television. Not only is this a good option if you can't connect a Luna controller just yet, it gives you access to some of the features for specific types of games. The final highlights of Amazon Luna is great for Twitch streamers. It allows them to easily broadcast gameplay in a camera feed via a PC, Mac, or Fire TV device. How can I play Amazon Luna in the UK? Amazon Luna is is available across a number of compatible devices including Fire TV, Fire Tablet, Windows PC, Chromebooks, Macs, iPhones, iPads, and Android phones. It also works on Samsung Smart TVs in the United States, so hopefully the Samsung Gaming Hub will soon incorporate it in the United Kingdom too. You can find more, you can find out more on the dedicated Luna page on the Amazon UK website. So there you go ladies and gentlemen. Amazon Luna Cloud Gaming Service now available in the United Kingdom, folks. So if you're in the United Kingdom, if you're looking to play some cloud gaming, well, Amazon's got your back. But moving forward, folks, how to move your downloaded Nintendo Switch games to a micro SD card. 
For years, it's been a bit of a pain to manage the data on your Nintendo Switch or Switch Lite. For years, it was a bit of a pain to manage the data on your Nintendo Switch or Switch Lite. For one thing, both had pretty parlay 32 gigabyte onboard storage allowance. Although the old the OLED model thankfully doubles this, that means that many Switch owners had bought micro SD cards to expand their storage horizons specifically, but one annoyance remained. Until 2021, you can't move data between your Switch and your expanded storage. Whichever you choose to install and download the game onto, that's where it would stay. Thankfully, Nintendo then, up, then updated the Switch software, and you can now move software between locations. Best of all, it's really easy to do. Just follow the steps we laid out below. How to move software between your Switch and SD card? Number one, on your Switch home menu, tap the setting cog to visit the setting menu. Step two, scroll down this menu until you get to the data management and enter the sub-menu. Step three, select move data between system size micro SD card. Step four, choose which games and apps you want to move across, then select OK to commence the transfer. It's as simple as that. Once you finish the transfer, you should find yourself with a newly freed up switch or indeed or emptier micro SD card. That might mean that if you got more than one storage card on the go, it's a lot easier to put the game you're playing every day on the switch itself so that it's always available to you. Animal Crossing anyone? Yeah, my uh, my wife has uh, Animal Crossing. She hasn't played it in a while, though. I think she stopped playing it. I think she got bored of it. But uh, it happens, folks. So hopefully that helps you gamers out there. Um, if you have a Nintendo Switch, uh, to move your game to a micro SD card. So hopefully that helps you out. And last but not least, folks, this is not going to be a long show. Uh, we'll definitely be talking more uh, later tonight about the independent news. Very interesting news that broke this weekend about a bill. Uh, 686 S686. If you haven't read that bill, folks, definitely read that bill. Go to congress.gov and you'll definitely be shocked on that bill. Been a lot of news coverage about it. But anyway, folks, moving back to the gaming last story of the night. What parents need to know about Fortnite. Fortnite is an absolute massive time sink for many kids. Here's what parents should know about it. So listen up if you're a parent out there. Fortnite arguably sits at the summit of the gaming world for most kids of a certain age. After exploding onto the scene thanks to its free-to-play battle royale offering years ago, it's done a superb job at staying at the top. The game is a behemoth and gets constant updates to add new content and keep things fresh with the kids. Uh, uh, was that? Clamoring to be allowed to play it all day and night. It's well worth parents brushing up on just what it, it exactly is. Its core battle royale modes pit up to 100 players against each other while a storm cloud closed in until the remaining players are forced into an exile showdown. Along with the usual advice for parents to play games with their children and keep games in shared family rooms, here's a look at what parents need to know about Fortnite specifically to keep it in healthy for their children. Fortnite violence and medical dangers. A good place to start with the age rating information. In the UK, the video standard console rate Fortnite as a PEGI 12 for frequent scenes of mild violence. This means that if it is in theory illegal for anyone under the age of 12 to purchase the game for themselves, the VSC states why it gave the game a 12 rating. 
Violence consists of you using whatever weapons you can find or make to fend off the monsters of the storm and save the survivors. Damage is dealt by numbers and life bars and monsters disappear in a purple flash when defeated. In the U.S., the ESRB gave Fortnite 18 rating. This equates to those 13 years old and older. Similar to the PEGI rating, it highlights that players use guns, swords, and grenades to fight. Skeleton-like monster husk in range and melee-style combat. Players can also defeat enemies by using various traps, electric spikes, poisonous gas. Battles are highlighted by frequent gunfire explosions and cries of pain. On iOS, Apple also rated the game only suitable for 12 years and older, along with the flags for frequent, intense carbon and fantasy violence. It also highlights that there are scenes of medical treatment for injuries. Parents need to pay attention to the guidance and use it in an informed way for their children. The following video parts, I mean, pairs this information with gameplay footage to show how this looks and play in practice. Fortnite and online danger as with any online game parents need to take care need to take care they understand who children are interacting with and what specific information can be exchanged this area of the game content is created by other players and therefore falls outside the gaming rating while playing the game players can hear profanity and racist name calling as you can see in the video above from others as well as exchange voice chat Messages with strangers, because Battle Royale is played by hundreds of people at once, the range of people they encounter will be wide. A good way to migrate these dangers is to get children to play the sound on the TV in the family room so parents can hear the conversation. However, many players will want to use a headset so they can hear in-game sounds more accurately and progress better. Another way to avoid this danger is to get children to join a lobby of friends they know online before they play. Then in the game, they can turn off the audio of other players while still communing with their teammates. Fortnite and app costs. Although the battle royale of the Fortnite game is free to play, there are a number of potential costs associated with the game. To play online on Xbox or PlayStation, though you do not need to subscribe to Xbox Live Gold or PlayStation Plus, the game encourages players to purchase outfits and move to distinctive their player character from others in the game. These include items like new clothes, equipment, as well as being able to perform particular dance taunts. These elements are only visual and don't affect the state of the player, but can mount up easily, especially since the store rotates its stock constantly to create a feeling of scarcity and opportunity. Every month, every every few months, a new seasonal battle pass will arrive with a fixed cost that gives a bunch of content to unlock and missions to complete. Buying this could be a good way to keep costs rare and finite. Although the cost has varied a little season to season, parents should make sure that credit cards for their console requires a password to avoid unintended purchases made by children clicking around. So yeah, folks, a lot of stuff about Fortnite if you're a parent. Fortnite and anger. No parent likes to see their child upset much less screaming and throwing their control across the room. It's important to understand why Fortnite is important to cause such behavior in youngsters rather than jumping to reflective responses. Like games such as FIFA or Rocket League, playing Fortnite Battle Royale is a fierce competitive challenge for children. Not only are they fighting against all manners of other players who may be more skilled or older than them, but other facts can trip them up. If the internet connection slows down, their character can lag behind the other player if they don't have a good pair of headphones on. 
they won't hear footsteps behind them, or if they are called for dinner at just the wrong moment, the trash can mean they get killed. This is made more intense in Fortnite because it is an instant killing game over, unlike FIFA or Rocket League, where you can fight your way back. In Fortnite, you can be riding high, winning the round one, winning the round one minute and dead the next. Parents can help with this by getting players to take regular breaks, also taking an interest in the game and how well they are doing can provide a way for a child to communicate their anger in other ways. Also, it's worth having a discussion with your child about how and when they will stop. Certainly, limits on playtime are healthy, but also understanding that once they have started a match, if they quit, they will lose standing and let the teammates down is helpful. Less violent alternatives to Fortnite. Some practical, practically those children under the recommended age will need to be told no when they are asked to play or get the game. However, it is important that this isn't the end of the conversation. The following games offer a extremely enjoyable alternative to Fortnite until children are old enough. Splatoon 3, Minecraft, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga, uh, Fall Guys, the Ultimate Knockout. So last but not least on the story, so should so should kids be playing Fortnite? Fortnite is a game that offers youngsters a huge number of benefits. Not only is it a lot of fun to play, but it can create a space where friendships are forged and extended as well as teaching, teamwork, cooperation, and sharp reflexes. There are also a lot of tactics involved in the online multiplayer, but in terms of movement, but also managing weapons and location. However, it is impossible to deny the addictiveness of its economy in both the lore in the game purchase and the risk of anger when a bad loss sneaks up on a player. Provide parent, provided parents understand both benefits and the danger of the game as outlined here, Fortnite can play a big part of healthy and balanced leisure time. So parents out there, let me know what you think, man. Do you think Fortnite is a good thing for your children? I think so, personally. Like I said, as long as the article stated as long as you know the pros and cons, I think everything will be all right. And that's just how I feel about it. I used to play Fortnite back in the day when it first came out. I was never good at it, but I never understood the game, to be honest. I was very bad at Fortnite. I think I had one good match. I think it was like the first first or second day it came out. Then after that, folks, I got wiped off the face of the earth. No doubt about it. I got wiped off the face of the earth, but, you know, I'm not salty about it or anything. It's a, it's a game, folks. It is what it is. You know, gaming is what it is. You know, I love gaming. Always will love gaming. Oh, by the way, another announcement. E3 will not be happening this year. It has been canceled, folks. Has been completely canceled. Everyone pulled out of E3, folks. So, I think the future of E3, folks, is time to end it. I think it's time for E3 just to go away permanently. Um, I think there's no need for it. I think all the companies, gaming companies, will have their own... Um, their own like conference going forward. Microsoft has their own. Nintendo has their own. Capcom just had their own. Speaking of Capcom, I missed everything about Capcom's freaking thing. Um, it is what it is. I'll figure it out down the road. Maybe this summer I'll go look back on it. Um, but if you did see the Capcom conference, folks, it happened last month in March. Um, I actually missed it. But uh, you can go on the YouTube channel and actually watch it. I think it's like 30 or 40 minutes. I know PlayStation had their conference as well. Um, you definitely go check it out as well on their freaking YouTube channel as well. Absolutely amazing. I'm waiting for Microsoft, obviously. 
um, Summerfest as well. I'm looking forward to, folks. But yeah, man, nothing really else going on. Just focusing on Bitcoin, getting back to work. Again, like I said, folks, eventually all my alts, all my altcoins are going to move into Bitcoin. That includes Ethereum as well. Dogecoin, things like that. I just want to see what happens in this next bull run with these altcoins. And then after this next bull run, I'm going to go ahead and take all my profits, move it all to Bitcoin, continue to use Samurai Wallet. And yes, folks, I am using Samurai Wallet again. And this time I did the right thing, wrote down my C phrase, wrote down my 12 words and all that stuff. I have it written down, yes, stored in a very secret location. But yes, I am not going to make the same mistake I made with Samurai Wallet. It was a $2,500 in Bitcoin. Not going to make that same mistake again. I'm going to be using the Phoenix Wallet for my Lightning uh, transactions as well. It's a non-custodian wallet. You get to run your own node on there as well, which is absolutely amazeball through your phone, which is absolutely beautiful. Uh, you run it through the Tor network, so you have that level of security and privacy and things like that when you transact, which is amazing. Definitely going to watch the history of my Bitcoin um, going forward through the Samurai Wallet and its Whirlpool and things like that. And then I'll send it to my Phoenix Wallet to spend and things like that, which is freaking awesome, folks. Gotta love, gotta love having a non-custodian Lightning Wallet. Definitely can't wait to try it out here very soon, folks. Um, and folks, I'm really happy to be a Bitcoiner. I really am happy to be an open Bitcoiner, to be honest. You know, to be open ideas. I listened to Monero talk earlier. Uh, uh, well, yesterday. Um, it's now Monday. I listened to it on Sunday. It was absolutely amazing. Almost two hours long. Um, very good show. I still have love for Monero, obviously, folks. Uh, I will always have love for Monero because of the privacy feature and things that go on there. I, I don't like most people in that community, obviously. Because I think most people are completely cheapified in that community. And freaking... Uh, freaking just follow orders which is completely asinine but the same thing in bitcoin as well so it's it's pretty much in all communities folks in the crypto space absolutely horrible nobody thinks for themselves anymore in these spaces absolutely pathetic um i'm one of the very rare few people that still think in this space anymore but anyways besides all that folks it's a lot of beautiful things going on in bitcoin and monero right now you know you have the, the whole ordinals thing going on in monero which they're trying to get rid of which i think is completely disgusting and i know people are going to say well nightmare will hurt the fungibility blah 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 we'll fix it on the second layer who cares you know and you're not going to stop people from putting ordinals on monero you're just never going to stop it they're going to do it anyway and the reason why they're doing this is because they're protesting they're doing it against the devs okay so it is what it is folks if you don't listen to the protest they're going to keep doing it it's that simple you know I don't mind ordinals on freaking Bitcoin at all. It doesn't bother me. I know it bothers some Bitcoiners, but it doesn't bother me at all. Um, I think most Bitcoiners need to start using a non-custodian uh, Lightning wallet like Phoenix. Uh, get off of the wallet of Satoshi. Um, you know, folks, use a non-custodian wallet, but I know a lot of you are not tech savvy. I'm not really tech savvy either, um, but... You got to get off that custodian wallet, man. You got to get off that stuff, man. You got to get to a non-custodian wallet. Custodial wallets are very, very dangerous, folks. They very are. Because at any time, if the government presses that custodian, they can literally freeze your assets. 
and can literally give up your information to the government. That's why you have to get, yes, I know Wallace Satoshi, you know, but again, that's custodian. You know, it's, you don't really own the private keys, you know. So in Phoenix, while he owned the private keys, but in, but in freaking Wallace Satoshi, you don't. They own your private keys. They own your private keys, folks. You don't own your private keys. They do. So you got to be careful out there. And I know a lot of the plebs and I know a lot of the sheeple are not going to understand this. This is why you have to do your own research. This is why it's very, very important, folks, to research things, to understand them. And if you don't understand something, research it, folks. Research it. It's definitely worth your time to research. But I know a lot of plebs aren't going to do that, and I know a lot of sheep aren't going to do that. They're just going to use the wildest Satoshi because it's the easiest to use. And I understand, but as you get more into Bitcoin, as you get more into things like Monero and stuff, you want to have that self-custody, man. It's very, very important, folks. And I'm still learning as well. I mean, I've been in this thing 14 years, 14, 15 years since the beginning, folks. And yes, I don't own one Bitcoin because, again, I got scared out of the market early on and moved my Bitcoin back into fiat and things like that. I know, boo me, boo me. It is what it is, folks, but... Now that I understand, and I'm at a point in my life where I know that Bitcoin is going to take me to the top and over to the mountain, yes, I'm going to save in Bitcoin, and yes, I'm going to freaking spend Bitcoin. I don't like fiat to begin with, but like I said, it is what it is. We live and we learn, folks, and that's thanks to ThorChain and their decentralized exchange, you know, I'm able to save in Bitcoin, you know, which is pretty freaking awesome, you know, through their you know, Thor Chain Savers program. So, you know, it's pretty awesome getting a nice yield on it, about 3% per year, which is not bad. Um, the Bitcoin blows up in price, then I'm able to, you know, obviously I'll make more money and more interest on my savings. But again, the thing is, folks, you know, you want to have that self-custody. You want to make sure you take ownership of your private keys and your secret C phrase. You want to make sure to write that stuff down or put it on steel or aluminum um, if you want as well. So there's plenty of things out there, folks. There's plenty of cold storage things out there like Foundation as well. Um, definitely check them out. Uh, Seth for Privacy talks about and He's really working hard to help Bitcoiners like myself, you know, be more privacy and fungible. Uh, Samurai Wallet is a good uh, start for that as well. If you want privacy in Bitcoin and fungibility in Bitcoin, definitely use Samurai Wallet. But make sure you go to their YouTube, folks. And this is where I made my mistake and I can admit when I'm wrong, folks, make sure you go to Samurai Wallet's YouTube page. Check out the tutorials. Make sure you watch those things about two, three, four, five times um, before uh, you uh, start using Samurai Wallet. It's very important, folks, that you learn this stuff. Self-custody, folks. Self-custody is very, very important. And I'm going to keep saying that on my pocket. It's very, very important you have self-custody, folks. If you do not own your private keys, you do not own your coins, I'm being dead serious. And if, it, if it's not a non-custodian wallet, folks, you might as well throw that thing in the trash. It's okay if you're a beginner and you're just learning to have a custodian wallet because you're, you know, you're still in the baby stage. But when you've been in this thing a long time, you got to have self-custody. I say after three years, folks, of being in Bitcoin or any other altcoin out there, you better take self-custody. Like, you better be taking self-cuts. Get your freaking stuff off the centralized exchange. Get them off Coinbase. Get them off Binance. Get them off KuCoin. Get them off, uh, I don't know, 
OKB or whatever the hell, OK Coin or whatever freaking exchange else out there, any other centralized exchange, get your coins off of there, folks. Take self-custody, take responsibility for your Bitcoin, take responsibility for your Monero, take responsibility for all your altcoins, you know, in Bitcoin, because it's very, very important, folks. We're getting to a pivotal point in the United States, you know, and I'm just talking to people in the United States because we're really in it right now. A lot of you in the rest of the world, you guys already have regulation. You men and women out there already have regulation. So congratulations to that as well. Uh, to all the rest of the world out there. But here in the United States, we have no regulation whatsoever. It's absolutely pathetic, folks. Um, we definitely need regulation. Um, I know I'm going to get trashed online with people here in this podcast. But it's important, folks. We need regulation because in order for the businesses to come in, right, the merchants that's going to accept our Bitcoin, accept our Monero, accept our Dogecoin, all right? They need regulation because no merchant, no merchant with a conscience is going to take a risk like that. They're just not, you know, they're not going to do it because they don't want to get in trouble with them. And I don't blame them. I understand that. But we definitely regulation. I think the CFTC should regulate the crypto market personally. Um, they should be the ones to determine which cryptos are commodities and which ones are securities. They've already said Ethereum's a commodity, so we can start with this argument that Ethereum's not a commodity. The CFTC has already ruled that Ethereum and Bitcoin are commodities. We need to cut the shit out, folks. But, uh, yeah, man. It's going to get very interesting here, folks, in the next couple months, you know, with the banking collapse and things like that. Um, they did have a secret meeting on Friday, folks. Nobody knew about it, but the news did break that they did have a secret meeting. Jen Yellen and the... Uh, you know, banks did have a secret meeting, folks. So get ready, folks. The collapse is coming. Um, it's going to get real interesting. You know, a lot of these countries are getting ready to join the BRICS nations. Um, a lot of people are getting ready to dump the U.S. dollar. It's already happening as it is, folks. So get ready. Hyperinflation might be coming very sooner than we think. Um, it's going to get very crazy out here. The dethrone of the dollar is happening right in front of your eyes. So you better get yourself into Monero. You better get yourself in Pirate Chain. You better get yourself in Bitcoin. You better get yourself in Dogecoin. Because, folks, it is about to get real out here. And if you're collecting fiat dollars, you're saving on fiat dollars, you need to throw that shit out. Okay, you need to dump all of your fiat dollars into Bitcoin, into Dogecoin, in the Monero, or Pirate Chain, somewhere. That's not a, that's not a garbage coin, by the way. You know, something that has utility. And store your money there because, folks, you're going to need your purchasing power coming down the line. I'm serious. You're definitely going to need that. I'm not kidding you, folks. Dollar cost average, folks, if you can on a daily basis, dollar cost $27 daily if you can, you know. Um, if you can't do daily, do weekly, you know. Try to do 75 70 bucks a week, you know, dollar cost average in your favorite cryptocurrency. Um, do that. Just saving that, folks, because eventually the dollar is going to be worth nothing like Weimar Germany. And it's going to be bad in this country, folks. It's going to be hell on earth. So you definitely want to make sure you have your money stored in some tangible assets like silver, like gold, like Bitcoin, like Litecoin, like Bitcoin Cash, like Monero, like Dogecoin, so you can buy things. When the shit hits the fan. Alright folks. I'm going to get the hell out of here. 
It's your boy Nightmare Carehawk signing off. I will be back later tonight for the independent news section. We have a lot to talk about tonight on this independent news section. I might have to do two parts, but we'll see. All right, folks, I will holler at y'all later. Peace.